Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys out to another What Should I Do Wednesday, an opportunity for you guys and gals to ask me whatever question on your heart and through experience and through what I know in God's word and through our life, I'll be able to answer them to the best of my uh, God-given ability, but ultimately through the Holy Spirit's ability. So hope you guys and gals are doing exceptionally well. If you're watching live now, feel free to come on in. Let me know where you're watching from. What's up, Aries? What's going on? Uh, get your questions ready. Um, because we're going to do rapid edition, I feel like I do uh, best when I'm able to answer them pretty quickly. Now, there may be some questions I may have to tarry on just a little while just because of teaching sake and, um, and really giving people the, the thorough uh, points that they need. Hey, what's going on, Florida? What's going on, everybody? I hope y'all doing all, everybody's doing well. What's going on, Monica, Kayla, Alyssa, uh, DJ Kayla? Sorry if I messed your name up, Aries. What's going on? I hope y'all are doing exceptionally well. What's up, Kintel, Toussaint? What's up, Manita? Alabama in the building. What's going on? I hope you guys and gals doing exceptionally well. For those who's watching later or listening later on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, what's up, Tampa? What's going on, Monty? What's up, fam? Um, uh, watching or listening later, I want to say thank you guys so much for listening and watching through those streams. Uh, feel free uh, to comment. Let me know what you guys are getting from these talks. And uh, let's get to it. <clears throat> I love What Should I Do Wednesdays, man, because I think um, – I'm in my Holy Ghost bag on these things. Aries already off gates got her question in. So let's get to it. Is it necessary to have a Judas in your life? Do you have to keep your enemies closer? No. Um, no, I don't I don't believe that you. I think when you look at Jesus, he selected Judas on purpose because um, he knew he had to have someone to <clears throat> excuse me, um, to betray him um, to get him to the cross. Um, but nah, you don't have to keep your enemies close. I don't think it's wise. I think. Um, Enemies try to get closer, and the, the best way to get close to you is through friendship. Um, I don't think it's wise to select Judas's, um, but you will go through some betrayals in life. <clears throat> there will be some significant rejections and some significant betrayals that counterpulse you to your purpose, um, but it should be based upon life and not based upon you selecting. So I wouldn't count it wise. Uh, look for Judas's. Uh, Judas's may occur. Um, people will become friends and will betray you, uh, unbeknownst to you. Um, but I don't think you should go out there looking for Judas. I don't think you should keep your enemies closer to you. Um, because what's the point? But good question though. Um, um, when you look at Jesus' life, he did select Judas on purpose because of purpose sake. Um, but I don't think there's no benefit of you looking um, to keep your enemies close because I want to live a peaceful life where I don't have to look over and watch over my back and stuff like that. Um, but just uh, walk wisely, use discernment, and uh, and know that God will utilize the things around you to counterpoach you. But you don't have to choose certain people to be around you to do that. What's up, Holland? <clears throat> Thank you for watching. Let's get to the next question. Good question. What were theorily? What will? Uh, what were? Take. What will it take to get over a person that you love hard and they never done anything wrong to you and you're still friends with them and we've never been in a relationship? Good question. Um, hmm. How to get over a person? I mean, uh, basically, the best way to get over anyone is mentally. Um, the mind is what keeps us in situations longer than we should. I think it's important for each and every one of us to really take the time to, to, to thoroughly examine our minds and ask ourselves key questions like, why am I so attached to that person? Do I low-key like this person? Did I Do I idolize the idea of them? Do I idolize them? Do I idolize the friendship that we have? Um, because 
anything that keeps you, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, anything that keeps you from progressing forward is a bad thing, even if it's a good person. So if there's something deep rooted in your heart or emotion that's keeping you from going forward, you have to ask yourself the tough questions to really thoroughly examine your mind and heart and asking, why am I so attached to this person? Why am I so um, caught up in this person? And, 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 and how do I... Uh, is it keeping me from progressing forward? So even though that person's never done anything wrong to you, and even though you love them deeply and hard, and uh, and you're still friends with them, uh, oh, okay. Let me make sure I read your question thoroughly. What, uh, what will it take to get over a person that you love hard and they never done anything wrong to you, and you're still friends with them, and we've never been in a relationship? Basically, why do you love them so hard? Why do you like them so hard? Uh, because because. You don't want to set yourself up for drastic disappointment because of the idea of a relationship that you're thinking about them and and utilizing the fact that that just because someone's in your life doesn't mean they're supposed to be yours, you know. And just because someone is is good to you doesn't mean they're God's fit for you. And sometimes we can get so caught up on someone not doing wrong and then we still end up doing the wrong thing. So basically, you just have to say, Holy Spirit, fix my heart, renew my mind, help me to see this individual the way I should, bring my emotions emotions down to a st stable place and and holy spirit reveal any idol reveal any issues reveal anything in my heart that may be contributing to me overly gripping into this person and 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 and, and loving them hard and making sure that I love them the way they I'm supposed to love them through you and not love them deeper than who they are and who you have for them to be in my life good question tracy got a question how to break a soul tie i have a book um, and we're in Thursday tomorrow. I'll be talking uh, probably uh, the fifth video on it. But this book right here, The Purpose of Freedom, is a, <clears throat> is a book that I wrote <clears throat> on how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds. I've done maybe eight or nine videos on the topic. Uh, but for your sake now, I'll answer it really briefly. But if you want a thorough, deep uh, understanding of it, <clears throat> just type in Soul Ties Joshua Ezzy. He is an elephant. Z is a zebra. He is an elephant in your YouTube search engine, and you will see tons of videos on Soul Ties pop up. And you can also get the book off Amazon that will kind of help you unpack it even thoroughly. And join us every Thursday at 7.30 tomorrow, again, because we'll be going through this book very in-depth. <clears throat> but there's videos I've already done on the topic that will help you. But to help you real quickly how to break a soul tie, is to better understand your soul, that your soul has mind, it has emotions, and it has a will. And that you have to really ask yourself the thorough question I told the young lady previously, or why is my soul connected? I have to seek the conceptual stages that birthed this soul tie to being in existence. And I have to examine what's developing it, what's contributing to it. And most people, the most reasons, the most... Uh, one of the few reasons or one of the reasons why people are soul tied to people because they have they don't know how powerful their soul is they don't know how powerful their mind and emotions are and how subconsciously and consciously you will welcome things in your life that will make you have a deep connection. And most of those deep connections was birthed out of some type of significant moment, some type of significant experience or event that opened the door demonically for there to be a strong tie to that person, place, product, or perspective causing you uh, to not go forward. A soul tie is anything that hinders your soul from going deeper into the sanctification process of God, causing deep-rooted healing and productivity that births into God getting glorified through your giftings. Now, 
to untie them, you have to know the difference between vain and valid imaginations and know the difference between uh, <clears throat> what's sent to you by God and what's sent to you demonically. All that stuff is in my videos. Go to soul, go to YouTube, type in Soul Ties Joshua Ezzy, and you'll get about maybe maybe um, 16 or 18 hours of, of, of resources. Also get the book, you'll get about 200 and 45 pages worth of, of, of uh, worksheets, of questions, of prayers, of scriptures, and key points to help you overcome them. Um, but let's keep going. You're so welcome, Tracy. No problem. All right, let's keep going. God has called me to be a friend to my ex for a season. How should I handle this situation that's been confirmed? Uh, what you should do is um, thoroughly examine Make sure it's God. If you feel like you're God, then you got to you got now you determine the length of your friendship. I never want to question a person hearing from God, so don't, that's not my place. But if you heard from God, <clears throat> God is going to establish the type of friendship. Um, I I don't necessarily think in ninety eight percent of the in ninety eight percent of the cases I don't think it's wise. But God always has a wiggle room. God has a reason, and who am I to question what God has told you? But in regards to wisdom's sake. I would definitely uh, have a, a type of friendship with, with significant boundaries, a friendship um, where uh, 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 there is no heart involvement. And I don't think God will have you connected to him in a way or her in a way where you still have feelings. I don't think you should build a friendship deep, especially if there's still feelings. Now, if there's still feelings there, I will question God on uh, what kind of friendship do you want me to have with this person? I will ask God to set the boundaries on how I'm supposed to. Does God want you to be a friend in private and not a friend in public? Meaning <coughs> praying for them because the greatest gift you can give a person is to pray for them. And sometimes the best friendship is private friendship. Sometimes the best friendship is unseen friendship. And that's the friendship of you praying for that individual. So I will ask you to go to God and say, God, establish the boundaries of this friendship. Tell me what kind of friend you want me to be to them. And uh, God, if there are any feelings inside of my heart, uh, help me to flood those feelings out of me because I don't want to fall back in love with my ex. So be wise and uh, ask God to set the boundaries. Uh, but chances are the best friendship is a distant one, especially when you are trying to be friends with someone that you once have feelings with. So I will just definitely see, okay, God, uh, tell me what kind of friendship uh, should I be? Uh, 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 I just think it's going to be more of a private friendship. I don't think y'all should be hanging out. I don't think it should be that kind of friendship where y'all call on the phone or anything like that. It could just mean that God may utilize you to pray for that individual, may utilize you to stand in the gap for that individual. But I don't think God will bring you within that person's uh, space, especially if you still have feelings for them. That's just my two cents. But I hope they help. <clears throat> Thank you for watching for Holland. Uh, Monica says, what is what is a healthy amount of time to give someone to ask for a break when they don't give you a time frame? Give them time get, and don't be waiting for them. Anytime someone asks for a break, you break too. Take a, you take a break. 30 second, full timeout. You determine what kind of break you need. If they want to break away from you, don't be sitting there waiting, waiting for them um, to, to come back. 
What you need to do is just really say, okay, you want to take a break? I'm gonna give you whatever time you need. Don't, 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 don't. If they didn't give you a time frame, you take whatever time. And what you got to make sure you are careful of is that you're not being played as a fool. You got to make sure this person, if that person didn't give you no time frame, you got to make sure that that person not out there trying to live their best life, trying to go out there and see and compare you to somebody else. Listen, that's why I tell people if someone wants to break away from you, you take a break too. That doesn't mean you go look for somebody. It just says build yourself up, seek God. This is great opportunity for you and God to have a conversation. God, is this the person that you have for me? God, what did I do to this relationship that may have influenced the break? If you if you didn't do anything and that person has communicated nothing to you that you have done anything to contribute to the break and they just want to break, you might want to take that as a precautionary uh, 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 red flag to say, okay, why do you want this break so bad? And if you, and, 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 and when they come back, have that conversation, you know, what all, you know, um, uh, what was the break for? But if you, if y'all are very clear on what the break is for, and maybe you have calls to break now, if you calls to break, let's break it down into stages. If you cheated or did something and they need a break from you, you don't say nothing. You leave them alone. You give them how much ever time they need. Don't bother them because you caused it. Now, if they're just breaking away and relationship was going good and it just came out of nowhere, you take a break, you move on. Don't be sitting there waiting on them, texting them, calling them. No, you live your best life. You go find out what God wants you to do right now. And you pray for the for the will of God to be revealed so that you won't be played as a fool. And the only reason why they broke away from you is for them to go out there and mess around with a clear conscience and then bring a disease to you or bring not even disease sexually, but a, a mentally transmitted disease, an MTD. You know what I'm saying? Mentally transmitted disease. They bring in a, 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 a persuasions and, and issues. And, and you just got to make sure you hear from God because this might be God breaking so that you can break away and hear from him so that you can know what to do with your life. Hope they help. How can you just be friends in a season God wants you single, knowing that the relationship can be more than friendship? Uh, how can you just be friends in a season God wants you to be single, knowing that the relationship can be more? Basically, what I would tell you is it boils down to the heart, my friend. And the heart has to wrestle with his idols. I know that this friendship can be more than just a friendship. I like this person, but God, why do why am I single? <clears throat> um, friendships has to be different. There's different types of friendship. There's BFFs, there's BFs, you know what I'm saying? Um, um, there's close friendships, there's associations, and you have to really, really seek God right now because what I don't want to happen in your life is that you get so caught up in uh, being disappointed in your singleness or being upset with your singleness and 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 really wanting this person beyond contentment is very key for success contentment is very key for companionship contentment is key in every area of life you have to be okay single and if you're not okay with being single even with an opportunity in front of you you have to question your heart god why am i not solely Excuse me, 100% content in you in my singleness. That's very important for you to have that dialogue with God because you self examining yourself will let you know, like, yo, I really don't like my singleness. And there's a lot of people who don't like being single 
But when they look back at their singleness in a relationship, they're going to wish, man, I wish I would have took better advantage of it. And for every single person watching me or listening to me right now, singleness is a gift. And yes, you're going to have great opportunities. You're going to have great people come in your life. But if you know you're not ready and you know it's not your season, you have to deepen your roots into contentment and be able to say, you know what? I cannot get close to this person. It's, it's, it's not wise to get close to a, um, a person that's a prospect when you know that your season is to be single. What I would do is I would just be cordial. I would just be cool. I won't, I won't accept phone calls. I won't hang out with them. You have to honor where God has you. You have to honor your singleness. You can't, you can't have one foot in singleness and one foot in the idea of being in a relationship because or your singleness would, or the patience will not have our perfect work. The reason why we are not prepared for the next level because we're not giving the patience work in this season of our life is full of uh, 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 time. Patience must have her perfect work. It must have her full work. And, you, and patience helps you have the right perspective about a thing. That if you have a clear perspective about life, you welcome patience. You'll be like, you know what? It's just not my time. And those people who know it's not their time and they're okay with God's position them in their singleness, they will be able to tell a suitor or they'll be able to tell a prospect, not right now, not now, um, um, and, and, and here are my boundaries. And if you don't respect this, then you don't respect God. Any person who does not respect the boundaries that God wants you to have in your life does not respect you, will not respect you, and will not respect God. So, if I, and that's what I would do. Just be careful. Don't even, don't even, don't even, don't even engage mentally, emotionally, or physically with the prospect when you know that your season now is for you to be single. Good questions. <clears throat> how do you overcome triggers? Past hurts, pains, abuse. How do you overcome triggers? Hmm. Good question. Triggers. We live in a very emotional society where everybody has a list of triggers, things that trigger them. Some people's triggers are a place of comfort. Some people's triggers are a place of uh, dialogue. Some people's triggers is, is for them to make excuses for who they are and why they are who they are. So the best way to overcome triggers is to thoroughly examine the triggers. The Bible says, take every thought captive, uh, uh, casting down vain imaginations, thoroughly examining our thoughts, um, because that's very key. Why am I triggered? First, of all, I got to ask yourself these questions. Uh, what are my triggers? Why am I easily triggered? What caused the triggers? Let me make sure I get those questions right. Uh, what are my triggers? <clears throat> what triggers me? People, places, things, past, etc. What are my triggers? Get a sheet of paper for everybody who's who has triggers. Get a sheet of paper, and I want you to write down these questions. Number one, what are my triggers? I want you to write down all the things in every person that triggers you. The next thing beside them, why do they trigger you? What are my triggers? Why do they trigger me? Number three, what calls these triggers? Now, now the what calls my triggers is probably what's the most important because that will show you the uh, the vein um, uh, reasons why we are triggered. So if I, if I'm, if I'm triggered by uh, opposite sex, if I'm triggered by certain dudes, if I'm triggered by, um, certain people groups, certain colors, uh, a color of people, if I'm triggered, I have to ask me, what causes triggers? Am I on Twitter too much? You know what I'm saying? Am I following the right, the wrong people that's, that's indoctrinating me to think a certain type of way? 
Um, uh, what does the word of God say about those who hurt me? Um, am I tricked? What are the what caused these triggers? Is it because I'm insecure? Is, is these triggers there because because I want to be a part of a club, a think tank? I want to be a part of a group of people that feel a certain type of way. Why am I triggered by men? Why am I triggered by women? What caused these triggers? And you as a believer, the world is going to stay triggered because they got their own sin nature that contributes to the triggeriness of, of, of things in their life. But as a believer, you got to say, I'm not in this. I'm not I'm in this world, but I'm not of it. I'm not going to be overly emotional. Nothing, not too much triggers me now because my mind is solid. My thinking is solid. I know I wrestle not against flesh and blood. I know there's principalities and powers in high places that utilize the media, social, and through other streams to cause me to think a certain type of way. Because if I think a certain type of way, I'll be triggered a certain type of way, right? So if I think uh, political all the time, if I think doctrinal all the time, <clears throat> if I think... Uh, um. Um, um, relational all the time. If I think uh, uh, sexual all the time, then then if if the thinking is in, in any one of these pools extremely, then I will be always easily triggered by those things because the world is blanketed by them. So if your thinking is not solid, then the things around you will always trigger. So when a white person acts racist towards me, I don't get triggered because I always think, I always have a thing in my mind that all racists, anybody who has an insist at the end, are immature, insecure people. You don't like me for the color of my skin. Why am I going to be triggered by racism? Why am I going to be triggered by feminism? Why am I going to be triggered by um, um, sexualism? Whatever. Why am I going to be triggered by these different things when I have the right type of thinking about those things? Things in the past may have triggered me before, but I worked on those triggers because I know I have too much to lose to be to be triggered all the time. I have a wife now. I have family. I have I have a ministry now. I'm in a I'm I'm helping out in my church more. I just can't allow these triggers to reside because these triggers will have me uh cut off from key positions, key uh opportunities, and may keep me from my promised land. Look what happened to Moses. Moses was triggered by the people. People triggered him to smite the rock twice, and it kept him out of the promised land. You see what I'm saying? So to specifically uh, tackle your question, how do you overcome triggers, past hurts, pains, and abuse? <clears throat> you got to go to what the word of God says about, about forgiveness, right? And forgiveness is not easy. So when you have a person that hurts you in your past and you have pains that birthed from that and you was abnormally used, the thing is, are you being abnormally used now? Just because you was abnormally used now doesn't mean you can't find your proper use now. So what I do with past hurts, I do what Jesus did on the cross. Father, forgive them. I'm going to forgive them for they know not what they did. They know not what they do or they didn't know what they did. And, and the fact that you survived it will help transform your mindset through what Jesus did for you, saying that the, through the Holy Spirit, you survived. So the, the crazy thing is we hurt ourselves from past hurts. Why do we keep allowing what happened to us to still hurt us over and over and over again? It's because we either find found comfort in that hurt or we just we don't believe that we can forgive that person. But you survived it. Pain is a part of pain is a part of the process. You, people going to hurt you. Things going to happen. But if it didn't kill you, let that stuff make you stronger. See, God's going to allow you to be bent, but he won't allow you to be broken. So what you have to do systematically and practically is look vertically. Don't compare your sins horizontally. 
Don't compare the sins against you horizontally. Compare your sins to God vertically. What that means is if God can surely forgive me and my sins towards him was greater than that person's sins towards me, my view of God's forgiveness will help me live from forgiveness and not for forgiveness. Meaning because of what he graciously did for me for the salvation of my soul and the mountains upon mountains upon mountains of sins that he has forgiven me of. Did my sins compared to their sins, my sins to a holy God compared to their sins to an unholy person is uncomparable. So what I do is I go to God's word and say, God, show me in the scriptures forgiveness. Show me, show me to, to the ways to transform my thinking, to embrace a forgiving mindset and to help me let this go. The best way to let it go is to realize just how forgiven you are and just how God forgives you. And that will help you look down the totem pole, the pipeline, and say, you know what? I can let them go. Number two, you got to think about what is this past hurt keeping me from? I don't got time to hold on to what someone did to me when I got something that I want to hold in my future. Forgiveness is the opportunity for you to go forward. Forgiveness, if you look at the word forgive, and you heard me say this many times, for and give. Forgiveness gives you the opportunity to go forward. Forgiveness is not about them. Forgiveness is about you. And so you got to say, number one, who hurt me? Number two, what was their mature level and insecurity level when they hurt me? Number three, did I did I walk into that ignorantly or did I want to do that myself? If it's a relationship, I chose. So now you got to forgive them and yourself. And number three, what is this thing keeping me from going forward towards? And at the end, you got to say, God, thank you for forgiving me. Lord, allow the forgiveness that you have placed towards me to change the way I view this person that hurt me. Hope that helped you. Next question. How do you deal with toxic people that were friends with, that you were friends with, but they have the same mutual friends as you? Is it okay? Say, no, I won't be going to this event because so-and-so will be there. Good question. Uh, what's up, nephew? What you should do is, <clears throat> friendships is such a loose word out here in these streets, man. Uh, I will question my mutual friends as well. You know, there comes a point in your life where friendships change, where friends want to stay the same, but there's a plane, there's a place that you want to get to, right? So what you have to do is question your friendships. Every now and then you have to sit back quietly and question your circle. These are some of the questions you have to ask yourself. Am I the smartest? Am I the sharpest person in this circle? If I am, it's probably a sign for me to change circles. Is this circle, if this circle has one or two people toxic to it and I'm the only one aware of it, then I might need to leave the circle of friends. That's the real question I have to ask you. Because if you if there's toxic people in a circle of friends and you, the toxic person and you both have mutual friends, but that person stays still stays with that toxic person and is not willing to kind of be like dissing themselves, then you might want to question them because a person who stays around a person that is against you makes me question them. Why are you so cool with them? Because if they don't like me, but you like me, but you're choosing to stay around that person and you know they're no good for none of us, then I don't think you may be good for me in my future. So that's the real question is that it is okay not to go. Now, then let me tell you something this. Let me tell you this. If it's something that you don't let nobody keep you from doing what you want to do. 
Now, if it's a four by four square foot room, then okay, you might not want to go because y'all going to be like sardines in a can. But if there is a lot of square footage and that's what you want to do and you want to be there, you go. Ain't nobody going to keep me from living my life. I don't care if they in a room. Now, if it's an event where it's only y'all there and maybe 10 others and you know for a fact, hey, I'm just not ready for that right now. My face ain't ready for that. <laughs> My emotions ain't ready for that. Then you might want to leave because some of us, we got to get our face in order. We walk in a room and I stink face. Come on, man. You got to be so caught up in the joy of the Lord. It doesn't matter if your enemy's in the room. I don't care if your ex in the room. I don't care if your abuse in the room. The joy of the Lord is your strength to get through the, 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 the thickness and, and the toughness of any environment, especially with it's toxic people. So what I would do is number one, question these friends. If y'all are still in association with this toxic individual and maybe y'all are not aware or are aware that these people are toxic, then I got to go. That doesn't mean you communicate with those extra friends and say, why y'all still friends with her? Why y'all still friends with him? No, you just be like, you know what? I'm going to use discernment. I'm going to use the one friend and they're going to tell my business. And that's the Holy Spirit. See, I'll be talking to the Holy Spirit all the time. Holy Spirit, yo, I don't got to. Jesus said, the Bible talked about it in Luke or John, I forget. He says Jesus didn't entrust himself to everyone because he knew the hearts of people. And he didn't, the Bible says, and he said, and he continues to read, and he had no need for people to tell him about what's in people. Meaning he didn't go asking people questions like, so is Jimmy cool? Is Bobby cool? Is Martha Cousin cool to roll with us? No, he just said, you know what? I don't need to ask people about nobody, nor do I need to tell anybody about somebody. I got the Holy Spirit that keeps my secrets, that will keep me, keep it confidential. And the Holy Spirit be like, let all of them go. And you got to be okay with that. It's okay to, to level up out of friendships because some friendships don't change. And so many people stay friends with people they should have put it into. Some friends, some friends are there to some friends are with you to the end and some friendships need to be put to an end. You see what I'm saying? So you got to say, you know what, right now we just can't be cool. And plus, you got to let God select your friends. And people are going to be friendly. People are going to want to be associated with you because y'all got common th y'all got things in common. But if the purpose are not in common, that's when you begin to cut people off. What's up, Tori? Hope all is well, Coach. Why does God have you repeat trials when you feel that you've passed the test already? Only the teacher know if you passed the test. Uh, and, and the thing is, maybe God wants you to get a better grade. You passed, but it was a 70. You know what I'm saying? You passed, but it was a D minus. It was a, it was a C. Maybe God, certain things requires A plus. There's certain tests that requires us to know. Like, 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 like we got to be okay. We got to be cool, not cool, but we have to be aware that there are certain tests that requires A plus, period. There's, I can't fail a test when it comes to a husband and expect God to make me a husband. I can't fail. I can't have a D in pornography and God still give me a wife. I can't have a C in finance and God still give me a wife. I can't have a D in uh, a D plus in, in insecurities and God still give me a wife. So there's certain things that no matter what, I have to have an A plus on, on lust in regards to um, um, lust not being. I have to have an A plus. You see what I'm saying? I, there's certain, because a B, a B means there's still an issue. That means I still got something wrong. There are certain things that I have to be um, mature enough to where there's no A plus. You got a hundred on this. And, 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 but the thing is, 
Every test that you go through in life is an open book test. So the good thing about God is even if I go through a tempting, lustful experience, right? I know for a fact, the only way I succeed is if I know I got a, during this test, I have a tutor and I have, oh, this is an open book, open tutor test. You see what I'm saying? So what keeps me successful in all the other areas where I used to have a D or F or, or a C in is that I have a tutor who is the Holy Spirit and this test is an open book, which is uh, uh, the word of God. Now, the reason why I answer that question like that because is because many of us think that, well, I'm passing. I, I'm, I, I, I didn't do this or that, but God's like, yo, I check off everything. Did you, you may have passed physically, but in mentally, you still connected, mentally still got issues. So there's just certain tests that we have to have A plus on because God is not going to give you something. Um, and we got to make sure we don't compare our lives to how the school systems are right now. Some children need to be left behind. You see what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And some people are, are, are mad at God because they left behind. But God's like, look, man, I can't give you a husband and you got D's in these areas. I can't give you a, a, a wife and you got F's in these areas because you're going to cause damage to the next level. So that, that's what I would do. Why that's one of the um, uh, analogies that I would give on why God continues to have you going through trials. You have to assess. Okay, God, did, what 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 was my passing grade? I passed, I passed the test, but did I get a D? Did I get a B? You see what I'm saying? And that's those are the type of questions you have to ask yourself. Good question, though. I think a lot of people need to hear that. Um, Monty Roberts, what's up, fam? Says I'm 29. I feel like my dysfunctional childhood is catching up to me in ways like how to love myself and how to love a woman. Therapy. Good question. Um. Let me answer a question too, folks. I see the last part says ther therapy, fam. Um, I believe in, in therapy. Don't get me wrong, but I believe in Holy Spirit selected therapy, Holy Spirit selected counseling, so that you won't get caught up in a lot of the su subtle deceptions and and temptations that may lure you into thinking new age, that may lead you to thinking self sufficiency. Um, but I want I want to make sure you you are knowledgeable and allow the Holy Spirit to select Christian centered, Christ centered, biblically sound therapy that will help you really process everything with the Holy Spirit as the foundation and not systems and principles and techniques outside of the Holy Ghost. Um, but to help you, bro, you at that age, 30 was a very 29 and 30 was a very pivotal age for me. Um, it made me think, why did Jesus wait till he was 30 to start his ministry? Because there's scientific proof. I don't know if it's scientific proof, but I heard out here in these streets. I don't know if it's uh, um, true science or just science I heard through conspiracies. You know what I'm saying? But they was talking about how the man's mind doesn't fully develop until he's 30. I experienced it myself. When 30 hit, I it was almost like a few weeks either before I turned 30, a few weeks after I turned 30, my mind was like different. It was weird. I was like, whoa, right? And when I say that, 29 is a very reflective year for men um, because 30 uh, is, is, is one of those age age uh, uh, times where you're reflective. Um, 18 is not really reflective. 21 is not that really reflective. 25 is reflective. 27 through 30 is reflective. 35 is a reflective year. 40 is a reflective year. 45, 50, et cetera. Are reflective years. So right now you're going through a reflective season of your life. And this is a great time for you to just kind of be like, you know what? 
I'm going to slow my life down. I'm going to look at the childish ways I need to put aside. And I'm going to seek the counsel I need, but I'm not going to seek without the Holy Spirit. I'm going to seek my internal counsel first. Holy Spirit, hey, man, Monty here. And I really want to get to know you better, man. I need you. That's what I did at 29. My life transformed at 29 and 30 when I said, God, yo, I'm tired of doing these childish stuff. And now the dysfunctional childhood that you face, they all the things that we never address will always catch up to us. You can never avoid what you never addressed. It will always catch up with you. So what you have to do now in this reflective season of your life is to get a sheet of paper, everything and say, Holy Spirit, guide me as I reflect on this. And write down all of the dysfunctional things in your childhood. Dysfunctional means not functioning the right way. Go to the word of God and say, and look, Holy Spirit, show me in your word the ways that a man is supposed to function. Sometimes we focus so much on the dysfunction that we lose sight on <coughs> the help in the Holy Ghost we have now, despite our dysfunctional childhood. Because we can't function without the Holy Spirit. So everything must be looked through the lens of the help of the Holy Ghost. That the Holy Ghost is now helping me. He's the one going to lead and guide me into all truth. He's going to make my crooked path straight. So what you have to do now is say, all I got to compare the dysfunctions of my life and how these dysfunctions are causing me to function now. And I also got to compare my functions now to how the word of God <coughs> excuse me, requires me to function. Now, Holy Spirit, bridge the gap. Bring me over, cross me over the bridge. And then that's when, after you did your analysis, self-examination, now you look at your life and go, okay, I'm tired of functioning like this. And I'm not going to make an excuse for this dysfunction that's leading me to function like this. No, I'm going to find out what the word of God says about men. Go to Google, openbible.info is the website and type in, just type in scriptures on manhood, scriptures on biblical manhood. <clears throat> Print those out, write those out. <clears throat> and meditate on the scriptures and say, I will be this man. The Holy Spirit will begin to show you system to support you to become that man. And then you got to forgive those yourself and other people. No longer excuses eliminates you from being effective in this world. Meaning you can't make an excuse anymore. You grown now. You know, you you're like a brother. We brothers. So I got to talk to you like a brother. You grown now. I can no longer blame my father no more. I can no longer bring my, bring my I'm of age now. And so now you got to uh, um, uh, man up in some of those areas. And I'm not talking harshly, bro. Feel my heart. I'm not saying that you're not manning up and not trying to. You just got to say, I'm going to be intentional and manning up. I'm going to be intentional and going to the next level of my manhood. I'm going to be intentional, period. So hope that helped, bro. Therapy's cool. Make sure. And therapy's important. You got to vent. You got to talk. But make sure it is through the through the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, and but, but, but. I don't want you to enter therapy without first entering your word, without first entering, giving the Holy Spirit a chance, giving, giving the help of the Holy Ghost a chance. And then from there, he'll guide you to where he think is best suited for you. Tanisha, you're so welcome. I'm glad I'm glad his videos and what I do is a blessing to you. Alyssa says, any tips on interceding for an unsaved friend, potential partner? I can see how God has changed both of us to make way for a pure friendship, but I always had the idea that God wouldn't send me and uh oh, uh oh, see it happen again. Let me let me find you. I'm coming. Send me an unsaved man since he should be the leader. I believe that I've broken my soul tied to him that was born of sin. Good question. 
I will advise any man and any woman not to pray for a man or a woman that's not her brother, father, uncle, nephew, or husband, or niece, aunt, mom, friends. You can pray for friends too. Don't get me wrong, because <clears throat> you don't want to you don't want to give energy to a man that's not your husband. God will take care of him. <clears throat> because sometimes our prayers will be in the guise of I'm interceding for him, but I'm I'm real I'm really um trying to I'm trying to bring him closer to me. We always got to ask ourselves what are the motives of our prayers? Why am I praying for this person? Right now there's not a woman that's getting my prayers. There may be people I pray for in ministry context, but I ain't praying for no other woman. <clears throat> my wife will look at me crazy. Oh, you didn't think the Holy Spirit will let me hear your prayers? You over there praying for Chelsea? Why are you praying for Chelsea for? I don't got, I don't, there's no need for me to pray for no other woman. The only women that I can pray for without what free prayer for is mothers, mother-in-laws, uh, family, uh, um, 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 and family. You see what I'm saying? So what I want you to do is be very careful and ask yourself, is the Holy Spirit leading me to intercede for him? Or is these are these my emotions leading me to intercede for them? Because, because sometimes our emotions, we confuse our emotions with the Holy Spirit and we think it as him. So any terms of intercede for unsa- if, if listen, pray for their salvation and keep it moving. What I mean by that, God, I pray you keep him and sustain him. <clears throat> and I know you got him. God doesn't need your help for someone that's not meant to be your helpmate or you unsure if that person's supposed to be a helpmate. He don't need your help because when we try to help God, or not even help God, because God, I'm not saying they're saying God needs our help, but when we think that we're trying to help God, we're really trying to help our carnal, our sinful nature. I'm not saying this is you, but what I want you to do is uh, consult your emotions, consult your heart and ask yourself, yo, why am I praying for this dude? And, and, and I don't have no true confirmation from God. <clears throat> because you're wasting time praying for someone, interceding for someone salvation. If that if 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 it's just not who it is, I I'd rather for your prayer energy to go towards some other things that can benefit you. But let me read through your question again, just to make sure. I just kind of came at certain angles, but I want to make sure I hit you specifically. Any tips or interceding for an unsafe friend, potential partner? Now, the only thing you can do is is what I do is. I only pray for people when I feel the Holy Spirit put them in my heart. Everybody else, I pray automatic for. That's family, friends, etc. cetera. So I'm saying there's people that get people that get these prayer bars every day. They get prayed for every day. Other people, I, on, I only pray for if I feel the Holy Spirit drop their name in my heart like a brick. That's the only time I pray for them. Now, when you say a potential partner, it says, I can see how God has changed both of us to make way for a pure friendship, but I always had the idea that God wouldn't send me an unsaved man since he should be that. I mean, that's real. God ain't going to send you someone. And the thing about it is God ain't going to send you a baby. God, listen, this going to this gonna help somebody. God ain't going to send you an unsaved man to be a husband, nor a babe in Christ to be a husband. <clears throat> babe in Christ don't count. Would you? That's pedophilia. That, that's that. Why would God? Why would God send you an underage believer to be your leader? Why? 
God is not going to do it. God's not going to send you no unsaved man. He's not going to send you no babe in Christ. Listen, your man, and let me just keep it a buck with you. Your man, the man of God that God has for you should be either at your level or above, right? The janitor and the CEO cannot be on the same level and the company goes go, go where it goes. The CEO is CEO for a reason. The janitor is a janitor for a reason. That doesn't mean the janitor can't one day build up. But God is not going to send you no, we're talking about women specifically in leadership of men in the household. A, a man can't lead if he's a baby and you're the grown, you're going to end up mothering him. Mothering, smothering him. You see what I'm saying? So God is not going to send you no unsaved person, unsaved man or a babe in Christ man to be your husband, period. That won't make sense. So if he's unsaved, or if, he, if he's a babe in Christ, he's probably a counterfeit and don't get caught up in the cuteness. Oh, that's so cute. He's growing into things of God. No, he got a lot to learn. Husband, you got to be a you got to be a solid man. You know what I'm saying? Or a man that desires to grow. But God is not going to send you a babe in Christ or unsaved man in your life to court you period. So let that man go on about his business with God. Let God deal with him. Maybe God will bring him back around, but you don't want, I don't want you to get because of a soul tie or a sexual experience or the sin that you, that may have been birthed out of your friendship to make you feel or insecurities make you feel, well, he's the only one that may like me that I'm familiar with. I'm in a city where there's not a bunch of men, my type. No, no, no. I don't care what's around you. Just because not around you doesn't mean it can't be sent to you. How do you not know God doesn't have a, a good man that he's building up and strengthening a hundred miles away from you, two miles up the street from you, about just got the job and is moving into your city right now, but you focus on this guy who's unstable, a babe in Christ, you mess yourself up. God is very good at matchmaking, but the thing is, I want a match that's made in heaven. Thank God I got a wife that was, that this match was made in heaven. Some of y'all's match was made in hell. I want a match made in heaven, not a match made in hell. I don't want that. And you shouldn't want it either. I don't care how many changes he's making. He's still at a babe level. He's still at an unsaved level. God would not bring that person into your life. <clears throat> Good question, though. It's a very needed question for those, for others on, on, on the chat on this evening. How do you deal with feelings like I am paying more for my sins, even though he was a participant with my ex who was getting everything he has ever prayed for while I'm still praying for those things? The devil's good at blessing, too. I never compare my life to others. The Bible says comparing yourself amongst yourself is not wise. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, you're not. Listen, you're not paying. There's consequences for sin. And there's just certain things you just got to deal with because of the consequences. And, and I don't know what the consequences are specifically, but if that man or woman have moved on, let them move on. And everybody tries to move on as the upper individual. They always want to move on to make the one they moved on from feel bad, to make them feel like, look at me. Listen, that's insecurity. If you can, listen, if a person moves on and you don't see what they're doing, that's maturity. If a person moves on and you see everything they're doing, that's immaturity. That's insecurity. You see what I'm saying? So they're getting everything because they're going after everything. You're waiting on the right things while they're going after everything. That's a difference. I can go, a man, anybody can go out there and get what they want. You can get in debt and get a Bugatti. No, no, we don't got that kind of most, you know. You can get in debt and get a new car. You can get into debt and get a big house. Instagram's pictures don't let us know 
the the uh the person's uh, how much money they had to borrow. We don't see all that stuff. We just see how do we and it's crazy how people say, uh, God bless me with this car. Uh, look what God blessed me with. My season, hashtag my season. And God's like, I didn't give you that car, nor did I give you the money for that car. You went into debt to get that car, and now you want to put my stamp on it so that you can stunt on the ground. Stop putting God's stamp on the stuff that you got for your own self, trying to stunt for the ground, and now you're stunting your growth. Keep stunting for the ground. You're going to stunt your growth. That's it. I don't got time to stunt for the gram. Stunt for the gram. Listen, I don't got time stunting for God. You know what I'm saying? If I stunt for the gram, I'll stunt my growth. And many people are putting God's stamp on what they all their only reason for doing so is to stunt for the gram. So what you got to do is let him do his thing. Let her do her thing. Let them go after everything and give it about a year. That's what I always do. Give it 12 months and you will see a different person. I do that with every person I observe or who's came in out of my life or whatever, or whatever, or people that, I, that God wants me to continue to pray for, or whatever, family, friend, or foe, always give it a year. It always sounds good in the beginning. That's why you got to make sure you understand that, that, that most people, insecurities, what they get from insecurities, they, nope, insecure people are never happy. They give off a form of happiness, but they don't have the true power of happiness. There's a form of happiness. Look at me. I got what I wanted. Uh-huh. Look at you. Look what I got. You don't got. That's baby stuff. That's that's sandbox stuff. You know what I'm saying? So insecurities are very loud. Confidence is very silent. So stay confident. Stay silent. Stay hidden. Stay in God and give it about a year. They're going to look like a fool because they're stunting. Don't get so caught up in what everybody's getting because everybody, anybody can get what they want. And it's best to wait for the right things than to go after everything. Good question, though. You're so welcome, Tracy. The Holy Spirit told me that I wouldn't be single for long. What should I do next? <clears throat> Prepare yourself. Don't idolize. Prepare. Just keep preparing. I won't even think about the time frame. Because for long to, to God, the Bible says a day is like a thousand years to God. So be very careful what he means for long <laughs> because it could be longer than what you think. So get your mind out of the time frame and just prepare. Um, if you a lady, oh, Jamil, oh, I got to get to your email. I ain't forgot about you. We're going we're gonna to coach this. Uh, give me, um, uh, this week is pretty full because family stuff. Uh, oh, next week's family stuff too. Um, let's try to shoot. For, if you could do Saturday, let me know. If you could do uh, Friday, man. Okay, I'll email you. If you don't hear from me in 24 hours, email me, okay? But to answer your question specifically, don't even focus on the time frame. Don't even focus on it. Don't even think about it because you're going to get so caught up on, look, God, look at me. I'm no, 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 no. Just say, you know what? I, I'm going to increase my, my um, I'm going to just go to Proverbs 31 and no, I won't even, let me not, let me not overly uh, spiritualize a chapter, but what you need to do is just go to the word of God in its totality. And look at what it what is required of me to be a wife and just prepare. Don't even think about the time. Keep serving God. Keep preparing. And it will show up when it shows. He'll show up when he shows up. Oh, wow. I just heard this from the Holy Spirit this morning. What I feel like I heard that the same message from God. Oh, oh y'all talking to each other. My bad. Y'all talking. Y'all talking. What's up, Mario? Marino. What's up, bro? Tracy, your information is a light. I'm so glad it was a blessing for you, Tracy. Hey, bro. I keep getting Psalms of thought. Uh, says, hey, bro, I keep getting confirmation from people that 
blessings are headed my way? Are, the, are there signs that God gives that he is working in your favor unseen? <clears throat> Number one, God is always working for your favor in the unseen. Most of the blessings that happen happens in our lives are unseen. The things that God kept from us and we know nothing about are greater blessings than the things we knew about, right? So number one, God is always working in your favor and unseen. The favor of you um, 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 operating his will, the favor and the growth with in regards to salvation, God is always working in your favor. Now, let me put you on game. <clears throat> that sounds like a common prophecy line that is used just to get people excited and connected to the prophet and to the person. So always know good things. God is working in your favor in every level. But make sure you don't get caught up in prophecies where, because you hear it everywhere. The blessings of God is coming in your life, daughter. I see it. I see it. I see a, I see a man in the future. I see. You got to be very careful. Prophecy was only meant to confirm what God has already told you. And be very careful for broad stated prophecies. If it's broad, blessings coming to you is a broad statement. You know what I'm saying? Prophecies were meant to be specific into the confirmation into the confirmation of what God wants you to be clear on. Okay. Prophecy was never meant to be broad. It wasn't meant to be generalized. It wasn't meant to be, oh, I, I, I don't even know what, what no, no, no. Prophecies were only designed to give specific confirmation to a specific person on what God told them specifically for the building up of their faith, for the prepping of their heart and mind, and to be to build urgency, period. So I keep getting confirmation from people that bless their head of your way. Blessings, yeah, the favor of God surrounds like a shield. Of course, blessings heading your way. And just 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 welcome them as they come. When people tell you a bunch of stuff, you say thank you. God bless God gets the glory. Oh, thank you, thank you. God is good. And just keep walking in the favor of God. Okay. Oh, I've been going 52 minutes. This is supposed to be rapid edition. All right, let's keep going. How do I continue to push forward and praise God when I believe I'm being punished for my disobedience? Listen, listen, listen. <clears throat> Punishment and chastisement is two totally different things. God doesn't punish, He chastens. Now, what I mean by punish means I'm intentionally putting evil on you. No, no, I'm punishing you, meaning I'm going I'm to I'm put you through suffering. I'm going to put you through pain because you've been a bad girl. You've been a bad boy. No, he chastens. He corrects. He rebukes. He turns. He shifts. Now, there are consequences that comes with that, and you may be feeling it's not God punishing you. It's just the consequence of your sins. That happens. Now, you praise God because of his faithfulness to, towards you. Um, and what I mean, let me get specific with that. You got to change the way you believe in God. And what helped me in a certain age stage in my life was, I, this is what I want you to do. I want you to Google God's attributes. Go to Google and type in the attributes of God and begin to study those attributes in light of scripture so you can get to know him better. We don't know God like we think we know him. And so there's attributes of God that express that express and explains his character and his doings. And when you understand that, it would change the way you believe. It would change from punishment to chastening, and it would be better understanding of how God is engaged with you. It's hard to understand what's going on if you don't know the person. I'm not saying you don't know him, but the attributes of God that has been listed within scripture would give you better clarity 
on God so that you'll know, oh, I have a lot to praise God for because I'm more aware of his character. I'm more aware of his personality. And, and this is not really God punished me. This could be just a consequence of my sins, but God does chasten me. He does rebuke me. Don't get me wrong. He chastens those whom he loves, but he's not punishing you because of disobedience. Punishment means I'm going to put you through pain, unnecessary stuff, and I'm going to keep I'm going to keep my grace from you for 10 days. I'm going to keep my mercy from you. You know, you said, no, I, I you, you adopted first. I adopt you and now I'm adjusting you so that you can advance into who I am and who I have and what I have for you. Hope that helped you. I got time for two more and I'm done. Moderino, I think I said you're my bad, bro. Moderino says, how do I stay persistent in fasting? I see there's a lot of distractions or when I plan to fast to a certain time on water or vegetables, there's always a change of plans. I'm going to tell you, that's the oldest trick in the book. I don't, anytime you make your way towards the direction of stripping stuff out of your life for the betterment of, of who you are or getting closer into things of God, I mean, bro, every time I even think about fasting, my favorite cakes, we're not talking about on oh, fasting. Oh, that's just a, 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 a fruit cake. Uh, red velvet. You know, I like red velvet, but red velvet ain't gonna make me break no fast. Uh, red velvet's cool, but I can still continue the good fight of God. I can continue fasting, pressed on. Man, every time I fast, oh, y'all really got the yellow cake of chocolate someday? Oh, y'all really got Krispy Kreme today? Oh, everybody getting biscuits today? Oh, 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 this is the day that the, that y'all have made to bring in Bojangles? Huh? Huh? Don't count as strange, my brother. This <laughs> is a part of the process. Now, sometimes there's fasts that you go through that you're going to fail, and you fail them into understanding what fasting really is. And, and there has to be a discipline of fasting. Um, Your desired outcome should always be to get to know God better, to get closer to God. Jesus was telling them, he was like, the Pharisees like, man, why don't your disciples fast? He was like, man, yo, I'm here. They don't have no need to fast when the bridegroom is here, but when I'm taken away, they're going to have to fast because in life, they got me right now, flesh and blood leading and guiding them. But it's going to require them to fast even more when I'm further away, not necessarily, not further away, but when I'm, when life gets dense and they don't have me in flesh and blood version to in flesh and blood, uh, be able to say, Jesus, what do I do here? They're going to have to fast because there's going to be a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration internally, externally, friction. That's going to try to come against them. So you have to understand what fasting is. And fasting is for is for people who are who understand it and who are ready to go through the, through the temptations of it. You just have to have support systems and just be able to say no and, and, and just grow in those disciplines. Um, there's always going to be distractions when you try to fast because it's developing your discipline. It's developing your strength. If, if fasting was easy, everybody would do it. Fasting's hard because of the fruit that you get from fasting. Anything worth obtaining is going to have a tough process to get to it. So discipline yourself, build yourself up, up, build yourself up, up, build yourself up to the person that can endure it because what comes from fasting the devil's always going to fight you on because it's going to make you a, a greater asset to God and much more of a weapon against him. Good question, though. There's always a change of plans. Um, stick to the. Oh, I think I answered it. Hope I did. The truest charm, Cham says, hello, coach. How should I address a known sin 
a close brother is practicing in <clears throat> specific sexual activity out of outside of marriage. Good question. The Bible says when you when a brother has fallen, uh, those who are spiritual build them up. That's in uh, uh, Galatians. Please forgive me. Galatians chapter six, I believe. Um, also, you go to that person privately. This is what I would tell you to do. That's 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 I think is wise. Go to God first. Make sure that your heart's not full of arrogance. Make sure your heart's not full of of uh, overly tough guidance. You know what I'm saying? Like you tough guy, super spiritual. Make sure your heart's right. Holy Spirit, my brother's in sin. Help me have the right spiritual heart, the right, the right mindset to help my brother. Holy Spirit, open the door for me to have this conversation with my brother. Do that and then go about your life. Then through the leading of the Holy Spirit, you will be led into that conversation because you have allowed the Holy Spirit to toil that gentleman's heart. Then that's when you execute exercise. The scripture says, go to that brother one-on-one. But I think that if you take care of it on this end and you prepare your heart and you examine your heart and you give it to the Holy Spirit to do the workings, then you will begin to have a greater conversation and a greater time to have that conversation that benefits the both of you all. Does the enemy only send unbelievers or one that has walked away from the faith? Uh, the enemy can send anybody. The enemy can use anybody that's usable. He can use a seasoned saint. He can use a believer. He can use a non-believer. He can use anyone to lead to our downfall. I'm at the one hour mark. So let me see what questions. Uh, hmm. I'm having a really difficult time finding a church home. I just want a church that's fully sold out for God, but I'm surrounded by feel good mega churches. What should I do? Number one, no church is perfect. There are a rhema of churches, a remnant of churches that are biblically sounded and rooted. And only go to a church the Holy Spirit leads you. So with everything that I teach, everything that I guide people on is go to the Holy Spirit first. I am in partnership uh, with the Holy Spirit. And I always believe that the Holy Spirit is the one leads and guides you all truth. So what I would do is I would stop going to church. I would stop going to these churches. I would say, God, you now, you, okay, God, I'm not going to no churches right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just read my Bible and be at home and seek you. Now, Holy Spirit, you know the importance of fellowship. I know you know this. Place in my heart the right church. God ain't going to let you go two, three, four weeks and not be in a church home unless he's doing some outer workings for you. Maybe he's preparing you to move. Who knows? But what I, but I, what I want you to do is say, hey, if there's no good church around you, go home, build yourself up in your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Ghost, get in the word of God, uh, begin to grow privately and, and petition to God once saying, God, hey, I'm, I, I would love to be a part of a fellowship that's faithful to you and firm in the biblical truths. And the Holy Spirit won't even take long. He'll pop a, you'll be, you'll be, why am I driving 20 miles out this way? And the Holy Spirit's going to drive you. He's, he's good at what he does. Very good. Trust him on it. Last question. I'm done. Uh, ooh, y'all got some good questions. Ooh, I, I got to do these three. I got to do the sexual purity. I got to do the thoughts becoming sin. And I got to do how to forgive yourself. And I'm out. Those three right there, I, I gots to do because they're very good questions. Not saying everybody, I just can't see nobody else's questions. So that the Lord only had me slide down just a little bit because he knew that I love y'all so much and I'll keep going.
but coach got things to do today. Hey, hi, coach. Could you please highlight on sexual purity? <clears throat> sexual purity is, is uh, you can't obtain it without the Holy Ghost. Sexual purity is the abstaining from and the sustaining in. The abstaining from sexual practices, sexual sin, and sustaining in the in the work of the Holy Ghost and keeping you from falling into sexual sin. So what I mean by that, you go from dependence to dependence. You go from depending on these sexual sins, and the best way to become sexual pure is ask Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, why am I so dependent on these sexual sins? All sexual sins birth are fruits of a dependency. They are the fruit of some type of issue. What happens to most people, people treat the symptoms and don't treat the source cause, meaning they treat the symptom of the sin. So they treat the pornography, they treat the sex, they treat all these external things and they go to these different teachings and stuff and they get five points to overcome pornography, five points to become a virgin, but they never deal with the source cause to that issue. They never deal with the root reason. Most people's sexual connection and, and sexual impurity bursts from environmental causes uh, and uh, bursts from um, 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 intrusion. Somebody molested, somebody raped, somebody welcomed, opened the door for demonic spirits in because their father watched pornography. So now the porn spirits in the house. And that's why it's coming to the children. That's why I tell women, if you got children, don't be marrying every kind of man because you don't know what kind of sexual issue that they just because just because they don't do it publicly. and You don't know about it. What they do privately will have a public effect on your kids. We have a public effect on the household. So if they're practicing stuff up under the roof, that's spirit because he's the head is going to walk into that room being like we're going to get johnny at 13 because papa at 46 papa papa at 35 but this gym that y'all brought in the house whether it's from biological or from whatever brought this in we're going to get a grip on this son we're going to get a grip on this daughter right so you got to say holy spirit what is the root reason why these sexual impurities are manifesting and the Holy Spirit will be like, you need to forgive your father, you need to forgive this person, you let this go, you need to forgive yourself on this, you need to move on from this, because this is the source cause of why you're practicing this spiritual sexual impurity. Now, then once the Holy Spirit gives you revelation, and now your devotion deepens, then you'll be transferred in independence. Right now, I don't trust me with pornography, I don't trust me with lust, I don't trust me, flesh and blood. I put my full trust in the Holy Ghost and he's been sustaining me for years because I ain't stupid. No, 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 no. I never stand. The Bible says when you stand, take heed as you fall. You never strong enough in your knees. <laughs> you never strong enough in your knees in an area that you once was bending your knee to. No, you stay on your knees for God. God, listen, bro. I know in my own strength. Don't get me wrong. I am more, I'm spiritually stronger. I have perspective points that aids to that. But at the end of the day, if I get caught up in, oh, yeah, I ain't done this in years. Oh, I ain't done this in a while. I guess I can. Bam. That's when you get knocked out. Oh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? No, no, no. This ain't going to be no Anthony Joshua over here. You see what I'm saying? I'm Joshua Ezzy. I'm not Anthony Joshua. I'm not going to get knocked out. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm going to, what you need to do <clears throat> is say, okay, spiritual purity, not spiritual purity, spiritual purity is the abstaining from by being sustained by Woo. it's being abs it's abstaining from by being sustained by and the way you abstain from something is to find its original ugliness 
When you see pornography for what it really is, when you really see, like, come on, we've been intoxicated by, because we men, let me speak to the fellas, man, you don't know what you got until you bust that nut. You see what I'm saying? I'm gonna keep it real raw. So tell the kids to leave right now. Don't get so like your 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 sperm, your 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 uh loins, your is a liar. What happens with men is we allow that <clears throat> urge. <clears throat> oh man, everybody, every when you got sexual lust in you and you and you and you're turned on, everything looks smashable, everything looks sexual. So what you do is, oh, I gotta have her. Oh man, she bad. Oh, this and a lot of men do that and pressure women into marriage because they can't help themselves. Oh man, but until you let go and you bust, you're gonna you gonna look at that. If it ain't listen, <clears throat> if it ain't the one that God has for you, when you let go, you're gonna be like, What did I let myself in? Because you've been holding that sexual energy for so long that you we every guy knows what I'm talking about. When you let go, you know what you have, and you look you'll be looking at that person, you look at that screen, you look at yourself, you be like, This eat when you buy yourself and you mess with pornography, you'd be disgusted. What? Every time I used to do that, I'd be like, man, bro, that was a waste of my time. Spending 45 minutes looking for the right video. Wasted all this time. I could have did this and did that. But because that sexual energy is so persuasive and you feel like in your own strength, you're supposed to take care of yourself. No, it's a supernatural sustaining that the Holy Spirit does. It has been sustaining me for years and I rely on it. You know why? Because I can't trust you see what I'm saying? Thank God I'm married. But this is for the people who's not married. It's possible. He did it for me. And what you got to do is you got to see sin for what it really is and know that your loins are a liar. And you got to because your loins will lie to you. Man, she look good. And then once you let go, you're looking at that. Your eyes be like, what? She not even my type. Lust will blind you until lust is fed. Woo! Lust will blind you until lust is fed. After lust has finished eating, when you look at the, the carcass and you look at what happened, you're going to be like, why am I even here? The same thing as with ladies. When you begin to get, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, about uh, vibrators and different things, and you open the door for that spiritual stuff, man, spiritual, demonic spirits come in sexually from what, from what happened to you and the habits you have. So what happens is spiritual purity is affected when stuff happens to you in your past and that's affecting you or the habits that you have. If you forgive what happened to you and you allow the Holy Spirit to change the habits that you have now, you will walk in the sustaining supernatural power of the Holy Ghost that will keep you pure. Hope that helped. When does a thought become sin? Thought becomes sin when you water it. Thoughts become sin when you uh, when you give them life. What I mean by that, it's not a sin to think. It's a sin to act on that thought. It's a sin to even allow that thought to last long. The Bible says cast down vain imagination. Bam, you out. No, you vain. Vain, a, a, a mind that is able to decipher between vain and valid is a mind that, that is only the Christ mind. You have, to, you have to allow your mind to be the Christ mind. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to renew your mind so that you can recognize at a glimpse. The people who work at the Federal Reserve, they don't study the fake. They don't, ooh, they don't study the fake $100 bill over and over again because anybody can make a fake. If, if you keep studying the fakes, 
then you're going to always be on this never ending trail of, of finding out the fakes. But if you keep your eyes on the real $100 bill, <clears throat> you keep your eye, they keep their eye on the real one for so long because they know the real, they can recognize a fake like that. Because you got the Christ mind and because you think on the things that are pure, lovely, that are above, that are good, that are just and a good report, all these good things, and you and you train your mind according to that, then as you build yourself up to a, a maturity of thinking that comes to the Holy Spirit and you cooperating for the Holy Spirit to renew your mind in that area, then all of a sudden, oh, oh boom, 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 it's quick, it's quick. A thought becomes sin when you act on that thought. When you speak, and a thought becomes sin when you act on that sin, whether through mouth, whether through hand, whether through feet, whatever, it becomes sin. Thought becomes sin when you allow it to stay within your mind longer than it should, and you allow it to persuade you. Does God give you grace? Yeah, God gives you grace to help you understand until you get to a place of maturity. But every thought becomes sin. Every bad thought that comes in our mind doesn't mean that we're sinning. So when a mind, when a thought comes to your mind, people be like, man, I, I th people think that when they get married, they ain't going to have certain thoughts. People think that when they get to a certain ministry, they going to have certain thoughts. Those are not your thoughts. Those are thoughts sent to you. Now, your maturity, your mindset, your mind state will determine what that happens to that thought. So a thought about a woman can come in my mind. That don't be, that's not because I put it there. It's because some, there's probably a spirit like, come on, Josh, let's get him. My maturity, bam, out. Because I already, because I'm built up in who I am as a husband, but it doesn't mean I stay in my own strength. No, I stay sustaining in God, and I and I see the value of valid imaginations and the pointlessness of vain ones. Josh says, "How do we forgive ourselves?" How do we forgive ourselves? First, you have to recognize who you are and who you was. I don't beat myself up like I used to because that's who I was. I can't allow who I was to keep me for who I need to be. See, the thing what keeps me motivated is the person I need to be. Not the person I want to be, the person I need to be. Yeah, I want you can want to be a lot of different things. As a kid, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a police officer. I want to be a ball player. I want to play in the NFL. There's a lot of wants we had as kids. But when you get to a certain level of maturity, there's certain there's a certain person you need to be. That's a certain husband I need to be. I, I can want to be a husband all day. But when I need to be that kind of husband, then I'm going to work towards it. <clears throat> what helps me forgive myself is to realize forgiveness is giving me the opportunity to go forward. And that, yes, I made mistakes, but come on, you got to audit your, you got what gives me empathy. Sometimes we have empathy for others, but you got to have empathy for yourself. Not empathy that leads you to make excuse for yourself, but empathy that says, I wasn't that bright back then. I wasn't that smart back then. I was supposed to make those dumb decisions. I was supposed to. And, and even now, you know, I'll be like, man, Josh, you good. We good because God is good. You see what I'm saying? So how do we forgive ourselves? It's to understand who do I need to be? Because for unforgiveness wastes a lot of time, wastes a lot of energy. And a lot of us make dumb decisions. We make a lot of dumb decisions because we haven't forgiven ourselves. Look, man, know for a fact that God has forgiven you. 
and know that God loves you and know that God is working you into a better version of yourself and that he doesn't want you thinking about what you did and how you did it, keeping you from being the man and woman that you need to be. You got to let that stuff go. Yeah, you made that mistake. Yes, you may have consequences surrounding you right now. And you like, but Josh, I got to watch. I got this baby by this man. I got this in my life. What am I supposed to do? God will turn everything around for your good. Yes, there are consequences from what you engaged in, but God forgave you and God God will give you grace and mercy to navigate the consequences of your sin. And it will be as, and people will look at your life with the same problem and be like, why are you so graciously navigating this? Why do you have such joy? It's because God is supernaturally sustaining you. So when you, uh, when you welcome the forgiveness of God into your life, you will walk and work from forgiveness and you will have a mindset that says, I don't got time to worry about what I did the other day because I know that God has perfected me into the person that I need to be for this stage of my life, for this person in my life, etc." Love you guys and gals, but I got to go. The timestamps will be below shortly. I'm going to go ahead and work on those timestamps for you guys to go back to these questions. Guys and gals, to go back to these questions. I pray it was a blessing to you. Um, anything you need to know about me, whether it's uh, donating, whether it's books, whether it's booking, whether it's life coaching, one-on-one coaching with myself, is at my website, IamUnplugged.com. Uh, I am, let me type it in here for you, I-A-M-U-N-P-L-U-G-G-E-D.com, and I would love to serve you, help you. Um. Oh, I got all my books here. I finally got all my books together in the same place. We got the book on soul ties here. We got the book called Dating Prep. It's a, a dating resource for every single relationship for, for the single to the married person. I have the infamous, the purpose of singleness, book on singleness. How are you whole? Or are you full of holes? I got this book here on spiritual warfare. It also has scriptures on the back for you to kind of help you hide God's word in your heart that you might not sin against him. And the original book, Unplugged, that birthed the whole movement. All those books, including my children, my uh, kids' book, as he says, is on Amazon. All that stuff's on my website. Two card games, all that good stuff. Love you all. Make sure you join me because tomorrow we'll be talking about how to be properly tied to people, how no, how to be properly connected to people, and we're going to talk about how. Uh, we can really be properly connected to the people that God has placed in our lives. Love you guys and gals. Y'all be blessed. Um, for those who are watching, listening later, thank you guys so much. Comment. Let me know what you got from this. Uh, apparently, there's also T-shirts up under the videos. Um, for, for those who want to wear uh, the shirts, that, that uh, the apparel that God's had with this movement, community tab, subscribe, hit the bell. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. Peace.